So, Travis, do you want to hear another Baby Yoda joke? Oh, okay. <laughs> Too bad I don't have any more right now. What? You'll have to go back and listen to The Mandalorian series review, episode seven. Yep. And listen to them all. If you missed them, hashtag Baby Yoda jokes. Still got them. Nice. Oh, but, but, now, but wait, folks, wait, wait. I have some interesting Mandalorian news for you. Oh, yes. go ahead. So I don't think this will qualify as spoilers, but some very intriguing set photos came out for what they're doing with season two. I won't tell Spoiler you. Spoiler alert. I won't tell you who my source is because I want to protect that source so they don't get shut down by Disney. Someone who was working on the set had a camera and they took some photographs of where the production was on location. And the Mandalorian has at some point apparently made a Mandalorian Beskar armor for Baby Yoda. No. Yes, but... You shut up, Travis. In the scene, Baby Yoda apparently refuses it. And you know why? Why? Because Baby Yoda has his own force field. Oh my god, this was a whole setup to a joke. <laughs> this wasn't real. Oh, I thought you had a source. I thought we had an end to the Mandalorian and the Star Wars Disney Plus world at large. I thought, man, we're going to be breaking news left and right. And this whole setup was a joke. It was a good setup, right? Oh, you killed me. I'm like, sweet, we've got an in. We've got an insider. We've got a spy. Sorry. <laughs> Very good, though. As a joke, I love. I, I really liked it. Yay, yes. nice. Okay. <laughs> I leave the, right. I leave the jokes gonna... to you, but I just, I had to. I was with a friend and he had said something about actually the Star episode we're talking about he said a few key things we'll, we'll probably bring it up later and it's like oh you know what that would be a great setup for a joke and there it is boom well we haven't even told the people what we're doing shall we do that now didn't we announce that last episode that this is what we're we doing did, this but this is the next episode they don't know they could be fresh they oh. could be fresh droids out of the factory <laughs> fair enough all right well since we're about four minutes in or whatever it is after another classic Baby Yoda joke from Before the Z-Wing podcast. This is Before the Z-Wing podcast, and we are doing Top Star Wars Vehicles, Travis. You are Travis Heiner, Hello. a.k.a. Sabokin, yep. musician artist, author. Mm -hmm. My name is Stefan Arnold, folks. I am FF Observer on Twitter. I also do fantasy football. Go Hawks! But now, Travis, let's get into the top 20 Star Wars vehicles. But first, an honorary mention list. Okay. You came up with these, Travis. And the first one didn't make our top 20, surprisingly, was the TIE Interceptor. Mm Mm-hmm. Back in the day, man, and when Return of the Jedi came out, the TIE Interceptor, I mean, I, yeah, me and my friends, we wanted that toy so bad. It was such a sleek design. Yeah, it was cool. It was supposed to be the, comparable to the A-Wing, right? That was like the it was the, Empire, di- the Empire's response to the, the speed of the A-Wing. Yes, and we'll get into that a little bit later with a different vehicle. Oh, okay. <laughs> Another one that you really liked, and we got to, we're giving these first few, just a few minutes of our time. Another one you really liked was, of course, the Pod Racer. Yes. As much as I can't stand the prequels, I mean, they have some very, very cool moments in them. And the pod racing scene, I I loved it. I loved those pod racers. Yeah, they were super cool. That was fun. Um, Obviously, that's uh, not obviously, but that's probably something that would happen in in that situation with that kind of technology that you'd you'd get a huge uh, race course and 
just rock and roll those things. And George and Lucas was big two... into racing, so that's kind of where that, that inspiration came from. Oh, yeah. And the last two are kind of related. The uh, Mall Infiltrator and the Light Cycle. <laughs> Those are not related. <laughs> okay, they're not. No, Darth Maul's Sith Infiltrator was also in the Phantom Menace, and it was a precursor to the TIE Fighter, or actually the Advanced TIE. I mean, it had a longer nose, and it was a much bigger ship and held all of Darth Maul's tools and stuff. But uh, Well, they're related because Darth Maul used them, yes? No. <laughs> the light cycles from Tron. Oh, I was thinking that little stupid <laughs> no. like motorcycle speeder thing stupid. that he gets hey, on. It's pretty cool looking. His his speeder bike, his special speeder bike. No, I was talking about the light cycles. Sorry, that was a joke. I put light cycle in the in the Google machine and and I got a picture of that. So maybe it's called the light cycle as well. Oh, that's okay. Well, Google says but it. It's got to be light true. Cycle is pretty sick. Those Tron light cycles are pretty sick indeed. But we're not here to talk about Tron. We are here to talk about Star Wars vehicles. Yes. We tried to do the top 20 and we ran over because we were so excited. <laughs> well, that's also I, because I have no idea what a, a draft is. <laughs> you might want to tell yes, them. I we, have, I'm into this totally green yes, situation. Yes, we did a draft where Travis picked first and I picked second. And then we went back and forth, uh, kind of like a fantasy football draft or a real life sports draft. Um, we didn't do it snake draft, for those of you who are wondering. We just went back and forth so I could give Travis a chance to uh, stay with me. He did not. Spoil alert. I crushed him in this draft, dominated him with uh, stars and um, also depth. Oh. But we were going to do 20 <laughs> vehicles. We went to 22 because why not? My last pick, number 22 in the 11th round, the cloud car. Yep. <laughs> oh the cloud car how does that the work? smart car of the skies yeah <laughs> no but seriously it does look like two poop emojis put together <laughs> two pilots like in independent cockpits how does that work why does that work i don't know but you know what it's actually cool for what it is it's this this little pilot assist vehicle it gets you to the cloud city <laughs> it's nimble it's small it does its job just like the smart car. It is. Yes. Right? Yeah. All right. Then, before that, Travis, mm -hmm. you said the Constitution class NCC01. <laughs> 1701. What the heck is that? 1701. 1701. Constitution Whatever. class what the heck is that? NCC1701. Pick, yes. your, pick your alphabet letter. Could be A, B, C, D, or E. Spoiler alert, folks. That is the Enterprise. It is. It is. What a great Star Wars ship, Travis. <laughs> uh, hey, that's a cool ship. It's a beautiful ship. But it's iconic. It is iconic. Absolutely. It is the bomb. It, it, it is sweet. But it's not a Star Wars ship. I'm sorry. Let's go top 20, folks. Okay. Top 20. Round 10. I've got the last pick of the real draft. Travis, I chose the B-Wing. Beautiful ship. Yep. It's a cool looking ship. We first see it in, in, in bulk there when they are attacking the second Death Star above Endor and they put up their wings to look more like a bee. It's a heavy assault starfighter mm -hmm. escorting other it? fighters. What's that? Who made it? Uh, I don't know. It was an engineer named Quarry. And that's a little Easter egg for diehard fans. He was named after art director Ralph McQuarrie, 
who designed most of the look of Star Wars, of the original trilogy. You find that story out in the Rebels cartoon series. You see him build that. And Hera Syndulla, one of the main characters, is the very first person to fly it. Sweet. It is specifically designed to destroy Imperial capital ships. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting a lot of this information not straight from my face, but uh, wikipedia.com and starwars.com which is a rabbit hole you don't want to fall down if you don't have oh, much God, time yeah. to, to, to stay on. You and just I'm just going to warn you, too, Wikipedia is awesome, but it you, you got to really be aware of what is canon and what is Legends material when you're reading their descriptions of things. Because that's, yes. that's a huge mess started by Disney. So. Thanks, Mouse House. <laughs> yes, but what's cool about the B-Wing is its gyroscopic cockpit the mm-hmm. pilot basically stays where he is and the rest of the ship goes around him. That is pretty cool. Which makes no sense in space, but yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, that's okay. Anyway, Travis, we're going on to your last pick of the real draft. Yes. The last of your poor picks. Number 19 overall, the Naboo N1 Starfighter. What'd you like about that? Oh, okay. So when the trailers for Phantom Menace first came out, before anybody had had any idea what the movie was about... They showed those N1 starfighters, the Naboo starfighters on there. And I, if you had not told me that was from Star Wars, I wouldn't have known what sci-fi franchise it was from. And that's what built my hope for the Phantom Menace being a great entry into Star Wars because it wasn't holding over all these designs from Star Wars. It wasn't a very fan service looking ship. It was elegant. It was compelling. It was. I looked old school. And I just thought it was a really great art design for a spacecraft. It looks like a futuristic guarding tool. You think so? No, I'm just kidding. It's cool. <laughs> it it has that uh, taint of the first movies, but it's pretty cool. Uh, little taint? little kind of beast. Yes, taint. I kinda, it looks like a, looks like a like a like a manta ray. You know, that's what I liked about it. With long tail in the back, and yeah. Yes, a space manta ray. Hashtag love it. Love it. All right, number 18, that was my choice. The Tantive IV, better known as Leia's Cruiser in mm-hmm. the New Hope. Blockade that, Runner? Yep. Yeah, Blockade Runner. And Travis, that is the first Star Wars ship we ever see. Yes. If your viewing order starts with A New Hope, that is the very first on-screen. I mean, other than the planet Tatooine and its two moons, that's the very first element we see that gives you any kind of information about what this, what you're getting yourself into. Yes. Do we see them blasting away at the Star Destroyer first, or do we see the Star Destroyer first? Oh my god, that's a great question. I believe we see it being hit first, and then mm. it's returning fire. Am oh I yeah, you're right, you're right. Nice. But that's classic Starship uh, design, got that huge back engine. Uh, smaller uh, front portion, just a classic ship, and of course, well-known uh, ship for Leia. A piece of trivia for that. Go for it. If you were, if you were to replace the front end, the cockpit of that one, and put the Millennium Falcon there instead, that was the original design for the Millennium Falcon. Whoa. I'm glad yeah. they uh, went a different direction. <laughs> I mean, it's still a great-looking ship, but that would have been, I don't know. The Falcon's really iconic, so talk about standout. That may appear earlier in our draft. I'd be shocked if it didn't. I mean, come on. It's a Millennium Falcon. That's iconic. Exactly. All right, Travis. Round nine, the first pick of round nine, the 17th pick overall, you chose the Jedi Starfighter. What do you like about that, baby? Yeah, so we should be clear. I'm talking about the Jedi Starfighter from Revenge of the Sith, not the previous one, not the Delta Seven. Yeah, it's the ETA-2. 
Yes. It, it looks cool, but it looks like an A-wing and a TIE fighter had a baby. Which is awesome because it kind of shows that evolution of these Star Wars starships making their way towards what we see in the old trilogy. And I, that's, there's a lot of uh, ship designs that did that, in, especially in Revenge of the Sith, where they kind of merged this pre-imperial look and design and how it sort of evolved into what we see the Empire using heavily and of course the Rebels too. In um, the original trilogy. Yes, exactly. That Jedi Starfighter has a very similar cockpit to what we see with the TIE Fighters. Its wings folding out is kind of reminiscent of the advanced TIE that Darth Vader flies, but it also has sort of that streamlined look that the A-Wing has. So I thought that was a really cool way to kind of show this is what those two ships designs came out of. Yeah, and uh, they uh, because of that ship, the Imperials designed the TIE Fighter and other heavier X-Wing style fighters went out of vogue. Yes. Travis, the next ship is an iconic ship. Number 16 overall, how did it fall this far? I had to stop its slip through the draft <laughs> order, through your horrible choices. Oh I had God. to pick this guy up off the ground and give it a hug. It is at number 16 overall. The X-Wing. Mm-hmm. Travis, it's 16. It's not 5, 4, 3, 2, or 1. It is 16. How did we let it fall so far? I have nothing but love for the X-Wing, but it, I I think you know what it is. I think it's such an oversaturated ship by this point that it's still iconic. It You recognize it instantly Star Wars, but there are so many just more impressive and cooler ships out there that haven't been used to the extent that the X-Wing has. I think the X-Wing and the TIE Fighter are just... I mean, even the sequel trilogy, it's not a far cry from what the X-Wings used there as the X-Wings that were used during the original trilogy. Yes. Well, I have an idea for another episode, so I don't want you to answer this question, but I'm going to put it out there. Okay. What is the most iconic Star Wars element? Is it the X-Wing, the lightsaber... Darth Vader or the Death Star. That is coming up on a future episode, most iconic Star Wars element. And by that, I mean something that could be recognized by the most people on the planet. If you showed them this element, they would say Star Wars. What is and it? It's only, re- it's only restricted to the four you just gave? No, we can talk about that later, Travis. Okay. We'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do two episodes on it. Okay. Probably not, but (laughs) coming in at number 15 and somehow beating out the X-Wing, Travis, you chose a toaster with wheels. It is the sand crawler. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You picked a metal box. I I picked a really iconic land vehicle. The Jawa sand crawler. It's huge. It's rugged. It's like a, a fortress for the Jawas to do their scrapbooking. <laughs> yeah, a Mandalorian I, I, rifle can't even take it down. Yeah, Mandalorian couldn't take it out. And you sent me a video, Travis, which was absolutely a stunning and b incredulous. I was incredulous <laughs> after seeing it. This is a a video, a short video that is also on YouTube. If you look, I had up, to defend myself. Yes, if you look up Sandcrawler versus pod or sand crawler pod racing there's a yeah. short video from the phantom menace dvd back in yep, the day a, 
ILM did it. ILM made this. Where the sand crawler is not only racing a pod racer, it is beating <laughs> a pod racer. It's dusting it. It's hilarious. That but is... But the physics are all there. They got the physics down. They got the lighting down. So the guys for ILM, in case you don't know, Industrial Light and Magic, they were responsible for all the special effects for all the Star Wars, um, except for the sequel trilogy. And that's, you know, tears my heart apart for that. But we... Things change. Anyway, so during the production of The Phantom Menace, when they're working on the pod racing scene, somebody just thought it'd be funny to put in the sand crawler beating all the pod racers. And they just show this really quick clip and it just shows the sand crawler just <laughs> just drag racing across the dunes. I think it even does a little leap off of a sand dune or something like that. It's just, it's epic. You got to check it out. It's really gotta, poor gotta quality as far out. as what yeah. we got. It is. It's funny. It is, it is hilarious, and there's no way that is ever going to be possible with a vehicle that size. But sand, cross, sand Crawler versus Pod Racer, check it out on YouTube. All right, Travis, top 15 now. We are in number 14, which was my choice. I picked the Snow Speeder. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it has a tow cable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, it's a cool vehicle. It's cool. I might, cool. have, I might have regretted that choice later, but it's cool. I like it. I still like Next it. Next to the X-Wing, it's the most reproduced Lego Star Wars set, I think. It's absurd how many snowspeeders Lego has put on shelves. How many variants of the snow... They even made a sand speeder, which was basically the snowspeeder with A-Wing engines on the back. It was really... I mean, it just it's kind of, at this point, really absurd that how many times they re-released that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just dumb <laughs> all right well what is not dumb is the 13th pick your pick luke's land speeder yeah kick it oh, boom sorry beep, beep. <laughs> first time we see i believe just this thing speeding across the tatooine desert with no uh -huh. wheels and we're like whoa what is that it's got a cool subtle pinstriping paint job on there it's aged and it's really cool. I like it. Is it a pinstripe or is it actual metal? Work? No, that's paint. That's a that two toned like uh, burgundy and orange, brick orange, red, whatever. That's a paint job. Oh, I thought you were talking about down the side where it's metallic. Isn't isn't it down the side? It's a little metallic. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I I know what you're saying though. All right. My kids have that by the way. The Star Wars. I can't remember who was uh oh, who made it. The um you know like little tykes um. You know, they make those little uh, cars that kids can drive around in. They got a battery, you know, they yes. get like five miles an yes. hour. Yeah. So uh, sad news. When Toys R Us went under, um, we were in, we were going to Legoland for Star Wars days. We stopped up at the local Toys R Us down there and they had a whole bunch of those for like a hundred dollars. Those things retailed for $500. They had one there for a hundred dollars. And the only way we could fit it into our car with all our luggage and our kids and the car seats is we had to actually take it out of the box in the parking lot at Toys R Us, dismantle the thing, shove it into any space we had left and then get i mean a hundred dollars and that thing is it's so awesome it goes five miles an hour my kid can actually drift in the thing he figured out how to drift in it my older son it's and it has sound effects and you can press buttons on there and you hear r2d2 and c3po talk and it's an epic little toy that sounds like a fun time i wish i was five years old all again I'd yeah buy me too a lot more stock in real estate all right travis <laughs> number or disney stock in disney stock yes Number 12, pick in the sixth round, my pick of the ATST, All-Terrain Scout Transport. Chicken Walker. Chicken Walker. Cool but vulnerable. Definitely vulnerable. Yeah. 
It was very briefly in Empire Strikes Back, uh, kind of protecting the AT-ATs, but mostly it's seen in Return of the Jedi by the shield generator. Still a cool little uh, thing to to run around in. That would be fun to to have one of those. It's an awesome design. Also, it makes a cameo in uh, Mandalorian. Yes. Yep. Spoiler alert. But like you said, it's, you know... I don't know how effective it is. It's pretty vulnerable craft. I mean, it's on two legs. It can easily be tripped or smashed by logs or, yeah. Yeah, but you need, uh, you know, some a pretty big cable or or a vine or something, whatever it was on indoor to trip <laughs> it and, and logs. I mean, if it's out in the open and you're not ready for it, it's a, it's a, it's a formidable piece of uh, weaponry that you have to take care of. Oh, yeah. If you play it in the video games, it's it's always a, something to a contender for... Yeah, it's good. All right. Your pick, the Republic gunship. Yes. Oh, that thing's so cool. Uh, based on the um, the design of the Soviet Union Hind helicopter. Love yeah. that. I love the sound of that thing. I love the functionality. I love the modular parts of it, too. Like, sometimes it had the gun pods on the side. Sometimes there was spotlights. Sometimes there was no pods. Uh, That's just... You know, again, there's so many cool things that came out of the prequels, um, despite me just rejecting their stories. I love that <laughs> that ship. They use it a lot in the cartoon series, the Clone Wars cartoon series we spoke about last on our last episode. They use it a lot, and I love that thing. I think it's a really cool design. Yeah, it really is. It's um, it's a, a neat thing to see flying low and dropping off uh, various clone troopers and Jedis and um, really a, a, a fun ship to look at. Travis, we've reached the top 10. No more riffraff. This is serious times now. This is serious times, except for one of your horrible picks. Number 10. (laughs) The second pick in the fifth round. (laughs) My pick was Vader's TIE Fighter. So sick. It's the first time you see on screen in Star Wars A New Hope. Boom. He's flying this thing, and it's a TIE Fighter with bendy wings. Bendy? Well, not bendy. (laughs) They're bent. Gotcha. Yes, but it's that's a cool looking ship uh, to see it first. You realize uh, he uh, gets some perks as the yep. as the leader of the bad guys there. So cool ship. He's flying. He's definitely flying something special. Is what you instantly you you understand that this is something special. It's something that's yeah something to contend with. Yes. Now Travis. and they show it in the Rebels cartoon series too. By the way, so he, you you definitely get to see Vader a little bit more in his element. In the Rebels cartoon series when he's flying around in there. Yes. Travis. Number nine. One of your favorite ships that you held close to your heart. Hold close to your heart. You kept it because you knew I wasn't going to pick it, but I told you I was going to pick you. You did. You threatened. I threatened threatened. it. I was an empty threat. I never would have picked this. Upside down dinner plate. It is the ghost. Upside down dinner plate? It looks like a dinner plate if you... Put it upside down. It's just flat and kind of slightly rounded. And you it's can say just that about the Millennium around. Falcon. <gasps> Don't you say that about the Millennium Falcon. They're made by the same company. It's The Ghost is a precursor version to what the Millennium Falcon is. Well, the cars are newer models to horses, and cars are cooler than horses. Oh, Sorry, my horses. God. What? Oh, that's I'm taking your, your podcasting license away. <laughs> I can't believe you just compared the Ghost to a horse and buggy. Wow. Oh, anyway. Hey, yeah, the ghost. I stand by it. The ghost is an awesome ship. It doesn't you know, make much sense, but it's awesome. You know what's cool about it? I looked it up today because I was doing some research. It has a little breakaway ship called the Phantom. Talk to it. Yep. What's, what's that about? Well, I mean, it's a 
so the ghost is actually a bigger ship than the Millennium Falcon. Um, and our characters would sometimes have to go on separate missions. So the ghost crew would go, you know, get some fuel or get some supplies. And then uh, Ezra and Kanan, the, the Jedis, they would take the Phantom and go on a separate side mission, that thing. And then at one point, that Phantom gets destroyed and they actually steal another ship and it becomes the Phantom 2. And Lego made both of those versions, and they actually dock in the back of the of the ghost. So it's the second one a, docks as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I guess they have more than one ghost out there in uh, Star Wars universe. It's a, it's yeah, kind of cool. I mean, the Phantom makes it uh, somewhat cool. Otherwise, it wouldn't be that cool. It's definitely a ship that grows on you, but it grows on you pretty quick. It's it's an awkward like form. Ah, come on now, jeez. It's it's an awkward form to look at at first because you're like, well, what? But then maybe by the third episode of the show, it it just becomes an iconic looking craft. And the way they use it, the way it moves around, it, they actually they kind of render it with that kind of weight behind it. So it actually but Hera is an amazing pilot. Fine. Anyway, I can't. Yeah, it's an awesome ship. I love it. And then, you know, when ILM um, was designing uh, ships for the rebel fleet that shows up in Rogue One, they asked uh, Dave Filoni, hey, do you have any ships that you want us to include in this? And he's like, hey, you know what? Could you please put the ghost in there? And so ILM took the model that they used for the TV show and dressed it up to make it photorealistic and, and put it in there several times. So it's parked at the Rebel base and on Yavin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also in the, it's in the final battle. Several times you see it flying around in the final battle. And it's also in the Rise of Skywalker. You see it in uh, several shots during the, the climactic space battle. Flying around, flying around, being ghosty. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool ship. Uh, somewhat, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it a uh, five point five. But Travis, it does not compare to the eighth overall pick in our Star Wars vehicle draft. Walking in at number eight, the all-terrain <laughs> armored transport. At at yeah, at at so cool, so vulnerable. That's so cool. Remember when you saw that in Empire Strikes Back and they were like looking through those janky goggles and then they're yep. clearing it out and focusing and then all of a sudden this giant thing was walking toward them. Well, Whoa. you already knew the size because you could hear the footsteps. Remember there was the snow was falling in R2 in the caves. You could feel the rumbling from the weight of those things approaching before you had a chance to see it. And then like you said, the, the binox had it up on the screen. You're like, okay, this thing looks pretty big. And the next thing you know... Wow. Very impressive. Very impressive. Plus, it holds 40 troops, but plus, 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 it is the first appearance, I do believe, of the best stormtrooper uniform. Oh. Hashtag later episode. The snowtrooper. <laughs> yes. You were so in love with that snowtrooper. <laughs> I'm not sure which I love more, Baby Yoda or the snowtrooper. Ooh, I should come up with uh, snowtrooper jokes. Stick to the Baby Yoda. Those are really good. All right. The okay, Snowtrooper is just a little too obscure. <laughs> yes. Hey, have you ever looked at the Sandcrawler and the Adat and recognized the similarities between those two craft? Uh, no. Take a closer look next time and see, oh, hmm, those things are related in design enough that they might have been made by the same you know, company. I mean, of course, they're made by the same ILM as far as special effects. But I mean, in universe, they might have been made by the same um, manufacturer. Well, one manufacturer can't uh, survive if it just makes toasters on wheels. So it has to make a real vehicle. But a sand crawl could drive right through a, an ad at. I mean, 
A piece of floss could take an AT-AT down. A small hand grenade could take an AT-AT down. Get out of here. We're moving on, because <laughs> you are totally wrong. Number seven. Travis's pick, Star Destroyer. Yeah, Imperial Star Destroyer. Iconic I-S-D. evil spaceship of the entire series. It's the second ship we ever see on screen. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a big triangle, Travis. You mean a slice of pizza? Slice of pizza, triangle. Yeah, who didn't who didn't grab a slice of pizza and pretend it was a star destroyer? Come on, <laughs> top six now. This this is getting serious. I chose the speeder bike. Very cool. Yeah, I like the speeder bikes. That's all you have to say. A little a little limited. I mean, I don't know. I mean, in the forest. Wow. Have Have you, you ever played the Battlefront video games? Uh, very uh, uh, lightly played. But Travis, in real world, in Star Wars, <laughs> and with kids' imaginations, you know that was the second most used vehicle in kids' imaginations behind the X-Wing. Everyone pretended that they had a speeder bike. They used their real bikes, pretended they were on a speeder bike. It is sick. Those are great yeah, vehicles. Right. I did do that on my 10-speed, and I was riding around a lot. I, I used to pretend it was a speeder bike. You're right. It's a sick, sick vehicle. Love it. They I think it's... They got a little cannon up front. Pew, pew. Yeah. Uh, uh, satchel in the back. Um, I, I don't know. I still think Luke's land speeders. I don't know. I like it more. Oh, my gosh. You couldn't be more wrong. Okay, Travis. <laughs> top five. This pick hurt me because I should have chosen it earlier. This was a total flaw in my drafting method. Number five. YT Light Freighter. What a piece of junk. The Millennium <laughs> Falcon. Millennial Falcon? Millennial Falcon. Hashtag baby Yoda joke. <laughs> Millennium Falcon, Travis. The Millennium Falcon. Did you know that it made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs? If you round down. Of course the X-Wing is more iconic, but Millennium Falcon has to be the favorite uh, Star Wars ship of what percentage of Star Wars fans do you think the Millennium Falcon is their favorite ship? I, I wouldn't even... I mean, the Millennium Falcon is its own character in the, the Star Wars saga, right? I mean, yep. that's how that's how big it is. Yeah, maybe even more so than the X-Wing. I mean, Luke gets in the X-Wing, yada yada, blows up Death Star. But the Millennium Falcon is the Falcon. Right, which yeah. is, why I think, why I, I wouldn't... Have, I Why the X-Wing, I think, is so down so far down on my list, even though you chose it. Um, the Millennium Falcon, like, yeah, I mean... you. You see it, and you instantly, you want it, you want to watch more of it. Uh, you know what I, I love about The Force Awakens is how they kind of pushed the physics of how it flew. Um, I kind of almost wish we'd seen that sort of flying in the original trilogy, but, I mean, every time it's on screen, it's it commands your, your attention. It's just a, such a cool ship. Yeah, and it definitely was the star of the first trailer to The Force Awakens, um, mm-hmm. just doing that, that loop in the sky. Maybe that's one of the iconic ships that we have to add to the Star Wars iconic episode coming up. But, Travis, now we're on to the top four. I chose, in the second round, the Death Star. Yeah. That's right. It moves. It's a vehicle, baby. I know. I didn't even consider the Death Star. But, I mean, as soon as you posted that, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Hyperdrive. Yeah, it's good. Good. That's sick. You roll no, up with the sand crawler at the stoplight. I roll up it's... with the Death Star, baby. Hey, <laughs> how you the... doing? And I just throw a proton torpedo in your exhaust port, and you're done. 
give me a break. I will just blow up your whole planet before you even have the chance. <laughs> Such an iconic, uh, sweet-looking piece of machinery, as evil it is as it is. So cool, so cool. All right, top three. Now we're really getting nitty-gritty. Hey, do People... you think that everybody's kind of scratching their head on what the top three might be now? <laughs> well, since we uh, already have chosen the X-Wing and the Millennium Falcon, they certainly, they may not even know what the top three are, Travis. They may have no idea. I bet they know what, I bet they know number three. Well, yeah, because we posted a picture of it on Instagram, right? No, we did not. Where's our social media manager? He is being fired. But we didn't Weren't post you building it. it? Hmm? Weren't you building it out of Lego? Isn't that one of the Instagram posts you put on? That's not the number one? three. That is number oh. two, baby. Number oh. three. You chose Slave One. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was my choice. Awesome. Yeah, Slave One. The the lamp, or the street lamp. Boba Fett's ship, as we are originally introduced to it, but much more history than that, of course. Mm-hmm. Django Fett owned it. Hondo Anaka had it for a little while. Ara Seng flew it for a moment. Before in she in what uh, shows were those, Travis? The Clone Wars. If you'd seen the Clone Wars, like I suggested, you would have already known all this. I'm sorry. I had a week to catch up on 48 hours of Clone Wars content. I didn't have mm. the time. Hello. Yeah. It's a cool ship. The Slave One is a cool ship, though. It like flies sideways or something and can hold it. No, it, it lands on its back. And then when it flies, it's upright. And it has that really cool sound. Tell me when you watch Empire Strikes Back and, and Slave One took off from the landing platform, it didn't have that really cool sound as it was flying away and Leia was watching it. That I love that sound. It's a cool sound. Plus, it has room for Han Solo frozen. Did you have the Slave and One? I didn't have it when I was a kid. Back in the day, we're talking about old people times, guys. Back mm. in the day, they had that, and they actually had frozen Han Solo as part of the Slave One. Yeah, that was the Kenner toy. I don't. I never owned the Kenner toy, but I have the two of the versions that Lego produced, and they're both really cool. Cool. Uh, <laughs> actually, now we mentioned that. Um, when I was building my uh, fleet of bounty hunter ships for my Lego collection, don't spoil uh, it. I took. I, well, I took the best of um, both iterations at that time that they had for Slave 1 and combined it into like an ultimate mega Slave 1 because they had introduced new colors. And yeah, I, I put a little extra work into that one to make it a little more unique. But I love that ship. I love the way it it's designed. I love the way it sounds. Yeah. Well, that would that'd be a ship I would like to roll up in. That would be a cool ship. All right. That's that's a little bit more impressive at the stoplight uh, than the Sandcrawler. My my uh, Death Star <laughs> would, would give you a nice little tip of the head there. Uh, yeah, well, if you still have that photo of the Lego ship that you've made, certainly uh, we will share it on Instagram. I am looking at it right now, so Ooh. definitely I'll take a picture of that. Nice. Future content. All right, folks, you have no idea what number one is. Number two, you may have <laughs> guessed. You may have. If you follow our Instagram, you'll already know what this one is. If you follow our Instagram, if you wonder why our podcast is named... Before the Z-Wing, it's because of the greatest ship in the galaxy. It's the Y-Wing, baby. Oh, yeah, Travis. Okay. <laughs> okay, listen up, people. This is going to take about an hour. That That's oh. a sick ship, baby. 
The Y-Wing. So many people love the look of that ship. You need to explain it to me. I'm not saying it's a bad looking ship, but before the X-Wing, I would actually vote the X-Wing before the Y-Wing, but lay it on me. Give me your best argument oh, why, why the Y-Wing is your pick. First of all, the X-Wing can only shoot forward, right? Well, the Y-Wing can shoot forward. It has a turret. It has torpedoes. It has bombs. Hello? Sick. It only has to shoot backwards because it's so slow. I tried to find this earlier today. I read this a couple of weeks ago, and I should have figured out where I read it because I couldn't find it today. But there is some official documents out there that say that the Y-Wing is as fast and as maneuverable as the X-Wing. I will find it. I will go down that Google hole and find it. If you are listening to this and you know where that document is, I might have been on Wikipedia, the real Wikipedia. I don't know. But if the Y-Wing is as maneuverable as the X-Wing, not only is it better than the X-Wing, it's like three times as good as the X-Wing. Proton torpedoes can hold eight of them. 20 uh, proton bombs. What What's not to like? It looks awesome that when the Rebels had it uh, in New Hope Star Wars, they took off some of the armor to make it faster and more maneuverable. So it's got the sick... Rogue One. And Rogue One, yeah. It's got the, got the like, open cowling engines. Oh my gosh. I had to have it. I picked this. We kind of gave each other one, and I picked this, and I was happy to give you number one. I guess we so can talk have about you it seen, now. Go ahead. So I ha- have you have you seen the um, the fully uh, skinned version of the Y wing? They yeah. had it in the Clone Wars cartoons. Yes, I have. Yeah. So that that ball turret was actually manned by an individual, usually a, a clone gunner. Yes. And there's an episode of Rebels where they show those Y-Wings being decommissioned and stripped for their parts. I mean, it's it's not in canon, or at least it's not revealed in the stories that removing the casing around the ship made it lighter and faster. But they show them being um, taken apart at <laughs> a place very cleverly called uh, Reclam Station. Um, <laughs> but our, our main characters in Rebels, they go and they, they steal a handful of those to help support their cause. So it's a pretty good episode. Yeah, they removed the metal on the side of the engines to help it uh, or make it easier to maintain them as well, which would mm. totally happen if if that was the case in real world. That would oh. let's get rid of this stuff and so we can actually maintain it easier. All right, but, Travis. But go in our Holdo review. Yes. you said I don't believe I've ever seen a Star Wars spaceship that was remote piloted or on autopilot or unmanned while I was flying. And in that episode, among many, there is one droid who's flying like eight of those things all by himself. Now, they could do the whole maneuver, couldn't they? Yes. (laughs) Episode six, I believe. The Holdo maneuver. Check that out. If you have no idea what we're talking about, it's a cool episode. Really had fun with it. But yes, Travis, we fun. have to move on. We've been talking for nearly 40 minutes. Really? Holy cow. Yeah, we're rocking and rolling, I believe. Listen, number one, people are not going to know what this ship is. <laughs> they let me, know. Let me, let me introduce it properly. They if, know. If they've been paying attention, they know. If you listen to the first know. episode where Travis and I properly introduce ourselves, 
and I have Travis tell a story about <laughs> this fabled ship that no one knows, the HWK 290 Light Freighter. It looks so good. like a disposable razor. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like a hawk. Oh like a my goodness, bird of prey. folks. I don't believe it was used much outside of a video game, Dark Forces video game. Travis will, of course, tell us more. Blah, blah, blah. The number one ship somehow in our top 20 Star Wars vehicle countdown is Travis the Moldy Crow. Absolutely. Stand oh. firm. I mean, there's going to be a lot of fans who are like, what? Why would over the Millennium Falcon? What is wrong with you? They're going to de- demerit me for my, my fandom. You know, I stand by the Moldy Crow. Dude, that ship, there's not enough love in the universe for that ship. It is awesome. It is iconic. It was, it was the first starship in any kind of media outside of the first three films, which that's all was available back then, that when you saw it, you thought, wow, that's a unique design. And two, that's definitely Star Wars. Travis, it's so iconic. When I looked up Moldy Crow on StarWars.com, it doesn't know what it is. <laughs> it doesn't appear on StarWars.com. Yeah, you know why? And that's the heartbreaking part. The video Is it no longer canon? It's no longer canon. The video game and the comic books yeah. that all made reference to Kyle Katarn and the Moldy Crow have... Although there is a board game that came out recently that is canon... And they refer it to it by its model number, but not by the specific name, the Moldy Crow. Because that was Kyle Katarn's version of it. It was the Moldy Crow. Just like the Millennium Falcon was the name of Han Solo's version of the YT freighter. So the HWK is a canon spaceship. It's slightly different than what the Moldy Crow looks like, but I stand, I stand by it. Moldy Crow will make a return. It will make a return either in a cartoon series, in a comic book. It will return. In fact, actually, I think... No, wait a minute. There's a comic book out there where, um, I like, God, I can't remember which one it was. There's a character who pulls up in a black version of it, and the fans were freaking out, like, "Oh God, it's back in it's back in canon again." But it's a it's it's a black version. Wow, you can't remember where it was from. That does sound it's no, like but it's I have I have my sources. Ship. I have a, a, a fan. I have a friend who reads the stump the Star Wars comic books regularly, and I, I think if I showed him a picture of it, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So when I built my version at a Lego, my custom version of it, I had somebody who contacted me through the Sepulchan Facebook page and he wanted the instructions because he was going to build one. And you know which one he built? He built that black version of it. And now I get why he did because it was in that comic book. Ah, yes. Travis built a two foot long moldy crow by himself and put it up for vote. Didn't quite get the votes on it on Lego to actually have Lego produce Mm -hmm. it. Lego ideas. But you've had. Yep. You've had hundreds of people contact you for the PDF on how to build it. I wouldn't say hundreds, but (laughs) just, yeah, a lot. (laughs) A lot of people have contacted you, and you still have those, correct? Oh, yeah. If anybody wants to, if anybody likes to build Lego or even just kind of a mild fascination of what goes into somebody custom designing a Lego Star Wars ship, I have that PDF, that instruction set. I created it custom. I used Illustrator. Um, At first, I built the thing. Then I took it apart piece by piece and, and mapped out exactly how I built it as I was reverse engineering it and then put that PDF um, online on my website, spoken.com. Um, yeah, people can download it and build their own version of Moldy Crow. So if you're a Moldy Crow fan, props, 
And if you're a, a Lego Star Wars fan, <laughs> double props, I got you covered. I've got the blueprints of a really cool looking moldy crow. There's some angles that can't be reproduced in Lego yet. So there's a couple small design compromises, but I think it still has that iconic look. Um, yeah, I'm so excited about that that spaceship. I'm actually building a second one with a different color scheme. Well, that is quite a lot of information. Sorry. So the one or two of you who are really excited about that can can look that up and, and uh, get that done. Uh, I'm not sure if it's li- Is it live on Sabokin.com right now, sir? Uh, you mean the PDF or the instructions? Yes. Yeah, it's it's on my... So if you go to Spoken.com and go to the blog tab and just type in Moldy Crow, you'll see it on there. You'll see pictures of it. Um, you know, I've taken it to, to Star Wars Days at Legoland, um, which they don't do anymore, but I had it there on display several times. And yeah. Mommy, mommy, what's that? I've never seen it before. No, you're so wrong because the people who go to the kind of events, they know what that is. In fact, I had so many people look at that and say, who built this? And I'd be sitting behind the table and they'd be a thumbs up big time. They loved it. And that I had a little Kyle Katarn minifigure up there and Jan Ors. They loved it. They picked up my business card because they wanted a copy of it. They voted for it. You're right. There's not a very many people out there. So that's why the, the Lego ideas didn't win. But you are wrong, sir. You are wrong, sir. You are wrong, sir. That ship is beloved by Star Wars fans. True Star Wars fans know what that ship is. And when they see it, yes, yes, yes. Number one <laughs> on the countdown. Top 20 Star Wars vehicles, the Moldy Crow. Yep. You got bum, bum, bum. You got to get yourself one now. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, just, hey, just if you're Google, if you call yourself a true Star Wars fan, you got to build this. Oh man! So, so have you YouTubed Moldy Crow to see what it does in the game? Uh, Travis, I I like to think I have some kind of life, so no, I have not done that. You are a host of a Star Wars podcast. You you have a life? <laughs> uh, no, not really. But uh, I'm sure I'll get right on this as soon as we're done here. Oh, just like catching up on the Clone Wars cartoons. Ouch. Anyway, folks, <laughs> boom. More Moldy Crow talk later because uh, for some reason. Anyway. Oh, it's on now. Travis. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in a, I'm a, it is on. I'm bringing this in every time. If Every single you know, episode. Rise of Skywalker would have been. Oh, a, you could do Moldy would, Crow jokes. Rise of Skywalker would have been a better film if had, they had somehow got the Moldy Crow in there and it saved the day. Yeah. The Phantom well, Menace would have been a better film if somehow they figured out how to get the Moldy Crow in there and it saved the day. It would have been a better film if Meryl Streep was in it too, but that didn't happen, Travis. The Last yeah. Jedi would have been well, an awesome film if somehow they got the Moldy Crow in there and it helped save the day. Uh, you want me to keep going? Okay. I can keep going if you want. No. Uh, people people have unsubscribed. Oh, man. That That's how... Oh, I know. Anyway. <laughs> boom. Travis, next time on Before the Z-Wing podcast, mm-hmm. I think it's time for the official debut, Travis. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's one the more. On- wait, wait. There's one more honorable mention we forgot. Oh, Travis, that was 45 minutes ago. Go ahead. Okay. So, the um, and I was looking up the specs on this, too. So, the Razor Crest, you know where that's from? Yes. Yeah. So, it's actually... <laughs> One of the more heavily fortified bounty hunter ships, more fortified than Slave One. Do you know why? Please do. Tell me. Because it's got a baby Yoda with its own force field. Oh, my God. Get out of here with that. (laughs) Next time on Before the Z-Wing podcast, we are going to introduce the Before the Z-Wing fan scale 
Okay, yes. Travis, are we going to do all 20 questions next time, or are we doing 10 and 10? Um, I, let's do 10 and 10. We're going to do 10 and 10. The first 10 questions of our fan scale, which we have a sneak preview of the scale on Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And our Twitter is before the ZW. That's the letter B, the number four, the ZW on Twitter. Instagram is before underscore the Z-Wing. Let's spell out before. And we are before Z-Wing on Facebook. Travis, is that about it? I think so, yeah. My goodness, I hope so. I have to go to bed. All right. <laughs> he is Travis Heiner, a.k.a. Saboken. Thank you. Saboken.com, S-U-B-O-K-E-N.com, music, Star Wars Legos and more. and more. I am FF Observer, fantasyfootballobserver.com, 100 yard coverage football podcast. Starting right now, state of the franchise fantasy football podcast for the football offseason, starring every team. And Travis, I think we're going to call it a night after a wonderful, wonderful vehicle list. Thank you. It was fun. I got a little heated though. That was that. Who's some yelling? Well, it's because you picked an awful, awful ship for the number one choice. You know what? I'm going to hold and maneuver for that Travis, ship right through for your entire Stephen. list. Thank you so much, guys. Hope you enjoyed. This has been Before the Z-Wing Podcast. Before ZW, never underestimate a droid.